0: So thanks for joining me again for another um, Sunday podcast. Um, This is going to be kind of a trend that I do. Uh, I'm going to try to do every Sunday, just kind of share something that this week has stood out to me. This particular story and what I'm going to relate to you today is not a story that just has stuck with me or been something that I've enjoyed just simply this week. It's been a story that has has always intrigued me. Um, I read some books and talks and different things about, um, you know, this this particular story. Now, we're going to, um, I've been studying the Old Testament, so we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 15, starting out. We're going to go all the way to chapter 17. And in, in I'm going to break it down for you. I, I recommend you read it, um, read all of it just to kind of get a full story, but I'm going to break down what what stands out to me. Um, So at the time, in this particular time, um, we have a prophet named Samuel, and Samuel is trying his best to do what the Lord wants him to do. He's just doing all that he can. Um, He prays, and the Lord um, tells him that a man named Saul who is quite the character, um, that he should be, as it says in the first verse, that he should be anointed to be king over the people of Israel. Okay? Um, now, after that, Samuel gives specific instructions as to what he is to do. His first task, his first given assignment of what he is to do now that he has this new role with responsibility under the direction of the Lord this is what he's supposed to do now in verse 3 it says now go and smite the city Amalek um, and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not but slay both man and woman infant, suckling, ox and sheep, camel an ass. Now Saul being the character that he is, he gathers, you know, his footmen, two hundred thousand footmen, ten thousand men of Judah, he brings all these people. He's got a he's got an army with him. And he goes and he does not do what was asked of him. And what was asked of him was a task that the Lord actually asked him to do. It's important to note that oftentimes, you know, whether, you know, it be your preacher and our particular, in my religious beliefs, you know, our bishop or um, whoever it is, is asking us to give a task or gives, excuse me, gives us a task, is asking us to do something It comes from the direction of the Lord. And it's important that we do specifically what, what that, that task is in, with precision. Now, Saul does not do this. Saul does not do exactly what he's told to do. Saul comes back, though, and is just filled with pride. He feels he has accomplished everything um in verse uh, let's see here verse 13 it says and Samuel came to Saul and Saul said unto him blessed be thou of the Lord i have performed the commandment of the Lord <laughs> and Samuel in in old old scriptural terms i'm going to basically give it to you in in 2021 terms is like Why are you trying to lie to me right now? Like, no. No, you didn't. You didn't do it. You didn't do what you were asked to do. Um, Saul goes on and he, he makes every excuse known to mankind, which all of us do. We all do this. We make excuses. We can make excuses for everything and anything under the sun. Basically, Samuel, the prophet at the time, lets him know that, look, no, you haven't. And even though it pains me to tell you this, you are no longer going to, to have this calling, to have this assignment, to have the opportunity to be led, guided, and directed by the Lord. Saul doesn't take this very well. He begs, he again continues to give excuse after excuse, and it just doesn't really matter. So we go on to chapter 16, um, and this is where we we run into David, and uh, I've always been a fan of David. I'm always a fan, first of all, of an underdog. Um, I'm a huge sports fan for those who know me if you don't know me because you know people are are listening to this that it's been insane how many people are listening to this thing but um, I love I love sports I've always I've always loved the underdog I, lo- I love March Madness I love it, all sports but I love March Madness because you just never know who's gonna come out on top. And I tend to... My bracket, as we do for March Madness, um, is always completely busted because I usually go for the underdog. Now, David is definitely an underdog. He is the underdog of the Old Testament, in my opinion. Um, But the Lord is, is now... Trying to lead Samuel to figure out, hey, look, um, you kind of need to get over this situation. Samuel felt really bad. He felt bad that that he had, you know, made this assignment, he had given this job to to Saul. Saul completely failed, which was not Samuel's fault at all. It was Saul's fault. So the Lord lovingly in chapter 16, verse 1 says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Now he tells him to then go to a man named Jesse. And Jesse, I don't know a ton about him. I just know that he is a man... um, says he he lives he's a Bethlehemite, <laughs> so he I guess he lives in Bethlehem area I, I don't know, um, and uh, the Lord tells him look I've I provided I provided me the Lord speaking a king among his sons go, and I will show you which one, it is just go, stop whining and crying about Saul, because Saul's going to be Saul, but we got work to do, just keep on, you know, pick yourself up, and let's just carry on. Now, when Samuel gets to where he's told to go, he's very prayerful about it, and he wants to, you know, he wants, he wants to do it right this time, Um, and so he he goes to Jesse. The Lord actually tells him exactly what to say when he comes to Jesse. Um I have a a strong suspicion that Jesse was probably a, a man of God and knew that when a servant of God came to him um to stop what he was doing and do exactly what was asked of him. I believe that we know as we as we get to know people more as we I always make the saying the real know the real um and and that can be taken in a lot of ways but um I believe he knew when when Samuel came that that he was a prophet of God Now Samuel tells Samuel tells Jesse to bring out his sons All right Now he's got 8 sons okay he brings out seven of them. You know, it's kind of... It almost reminds me of, like, an episode of, like, The Bachelorette. or was like, you know, you bring out seven people, and none of them are the right one. And that's literally what happens. Literally, Samuel is more like me than I sometimes like to admit, but... Um, he basically was very blunt and said nope these are not the ones this is not the one I am not here for these seven he said is this all your sons Jesse says no I have one more I have a younger son and that son is David now um, the Lord had already given Samuel some I guess um, i have given him some instructions, some counsel on what to look for. Because I, I think that a lot of times in life we look at people and, and we just see the, what they look like, how they dress, how they, you know, every little thing. And we look past um, because we're not perfect. We're human, and we look past the good in them. And so, in in First Samuel chapter sixteen, verse seven, this is a really powerful um, scripture that, that I love, and it's, it says, "But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height, or his, of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth." For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. That's a pretty powerful scripture. It's a pretty humbling scripture, because how many times do we walk in to any given situation? I don't care if you're at Walmart. I don't care if you're driving down the road. You, you see somebody, you look at them, and you think, you know, you you, you say, this person is this that person looks like a drug addict. That person's got a bunch of tattoos. That person has... I mean, how many times did we do that? But the Lord looketh on the heart. So that was counsel the Lord gave, which is, I think, not... I mean, the scriptures are for us to read ourselves as well, but I, but it's counsel that not only did he give to him, but I feel that he is giving to us, and, and particularly in today's society. Um so again samuel said (laughs) samuel's pretty bold he basically says uh look uh i'm not sitting down till you bring this other boy because the other seven they're not gonna work okay um so where's david while david is in the field tending the sheep that's what he does He is a lowly servant, and I think there's a lot of symbolism there as far as him watching over the sheep. I mean, the Lord uses in the Scriptures a lot sheep and, and, you know, um, in many different ways. So I feel that that's probably symbolic there as well, so I'd like you to think a little deeper on that. But I won't, so I digress. I won't continue on that um but he then he then meets David David comes out and Jesse goes straight down and he literally it says he fetches him <laughs> so he fetches his son um and in verse 12 it says um so Jesse the father and he sent and brought him in now he was ruddy and withal of a beautiful account, countenance, or and goodly to look at. And the Lord said, and the Lord is now speaking to Samuel, the prophet. He says, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. For this is he. Now, this little bitty, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't wait to meet this cat. As we say, I'm from the south. As you might can tell. But uh, I can't wait to meet this cat. Because I can only imagine what he looks like. You know, he's probably this little b-dude, you know, humble, hard worker. I relate to him a lot. It's probably the reason why I'm sharing this story now. And it's probably the reason why this story has always been one of my favorites. But, um, the Lord says to Samuel guides him. He directs, his, and directs him. He leads him to know that David is the one. The eighth son, the youngest son, the son out in the field, the son that no one in a million years would think he's the one. So now we go on. Um, to really to what we know David to be about. Um, I, I mean the whole reason that we even really know about David is because of David and Goliath. Those are the terms that you always hear, but there's always a backstory to everything. There's a backstory to every person. There's a backstory to everything, and I, th- I thought it was important to understand a little bit of of that before I went on now David is obviously as we know the story I won't spend a lot of time he he is gonna fight this huge Philistine named Goliath this guy is huge he is massive um, the way that he they describe it in the scriptures um, in and now we're in now first Samuel 17 now what um, but they described him as his height was six cubits and a span. I don't know exactly. Uh, I'm not a, a mathematician. As my high school algebra teacher would probably say is a, pr- a pretty proper assessment for me. But um he's huge. That's really all we need to know. Um he's got this gear. I mean, he just, he just looks like a tough guy. I mean, he would not, I mean, if I were David, I would be like, you know, I appreciate it, but I'm going to go back and hang with the sheep. (laughs) That's, that's exactly what I would have said. And that's, you know, that's just me. Um, but David, um, David has a has an interesting approach. Um, let me find the scripture here that I wanted to share. David says. says, I'm not sure, I that you need, you actually need to read the entire chapter 17. I'm, I'm, am actually, my laptop is in front of me and I'm, I have the, uh, our LDS or, or our Mormon, um, scriptures pulled up on my laptop here, but it says, um, David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Now, I mean, his attitude was, I'm going to go and I'm going to do what I need to do. Um, He goes on to say that, you know... Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Um, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite, will smite thee, and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcass of the hosts of the Philistines this day, into the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He has a completely different attitude than most of us would have. A lot of us in life have these huge things that we have to get done. We have huge tasks, whether it be at work, whether it be in church, whether it be whatever it is. And a lot of the time, I'm going to speak for myself here. My attitude is like, nah, I can't do this. Uh, you know can't do this. Um, but David's attitude is is right on. It's the attitude that we need to adopt. It's the attitude that I've, I've learned to adopt as someone who is a recovering alcoholic, someone who has been through some really dark places and, and um, I it's something that I've I've adopted. Now, we know, we know what happens here. We know what happens with David and Goliath. It's the story of the century. It's the story of... You know, there's so many stories in the scriptures, but it is a story that is powerful. In all of this, there are many, many things that I took from it. The first thing that I took from it was that when the Lord gives a commandment, we are to do it precisely. With precision. Not the way we think it should be done, but the way that we are told it should be done. Because there's a reason and there's a purpose. And when we don't do that, then we lose whatever blessing or whatever opportunity that we had. The second thing that I I took from this is, is also that people have their own agency. Now Samuel, who's a prophet... Um, he he mourns over this for the well. The Lord lets him know. I mean, we don't. I don't know a time frame here. It doesn't say, you know, a week. I mean, it could have been six. You know, it could have been six months. I have no idea. But the Lord lets him know. Like, how long are you going to keep on worrying about what Saul did? Like, it's not your fault. Get up. We've got other stuff to do. And now I'm going to give you another assignment. and I'm going to make it happen and I'm going to make it happen through you. Do just what I ask you to do. Now Samuel being the prophet did just exactly what the Lord asked him to do. He goes, he finds David. He finds David. He finds the one that no one thought could even remotely slay Goliath. And he does. He does. And David goes on to do many, many things. Um, That's just the beginning of of his story. Um, Sometimes I think it's important to know someone's background before we know where they ended up. You know, people don't end up in high, great places. Generally speaking without going through some lowly, hard things in life. But that's what I want to share with you today. Those are the things that have been on my mind and um, studied this this morning before I went to church and then it's just stuck on my mind. Um, I hope that in in this, this message that you will take some of the things that I took but I also hope that you will look look to people the way that the Lord looks at them. As I've said before, I've sat in a lot of really dark places. And I've I've sat in the same room with people who were addicts, meth addicts, cocaine. Um they're addicted to pills I didn't even know you could use, which I'm glad because I probably would have tried to use them. But gabapentin, for any of you out there who know anything medical. Um and the and and the world would look on them and think, you know what? <laughs> They're trash. But that's not how the Lord sees it. That's not how he sees us. That's not how he saw them. That's not how he sees those kind of people. So this week, what I'd like for you to do is that wherever you go, no matter where it's at, look at someone the way, at least try, just try. The Lord just asked for us to try, but just try to look. On whoever you meet in the way that the Lord looked upon David. And I believe that as we do that. It will also help us to, to look at ourselves differently. So that's what I have for you this Sunday. i um, looking forward to next Sunday. Um, I'll also be putting out a blog post, probably won't be about this, I pray about what I need to say, and then then I just do it, (laughs) so, um, but yeah, I'll probably be putting out a blog post either later tonight or in the morning, and I hope that you read that, and I hope you listen to this, Um, I'll see you next week.